0: Welcome to another episode of Shape of World Podcast. Joining us today, we have Paul Fire, co-founder and chief administrative officer at ELM Learning. Hi, Paul. How are you today?
1: Good, thank you.
0: Awesome. So, Paul, we have so many things and my listeners as well want to know so many things from you. But before we go ahead with lot money, other questions, can you tell us and our listeners a bit about yourself, your career journey till now?
1: Ah, Sure. So my background is I have an undergraduate degree in small business manager and entrepreneurship, which is why I have been an entrepreneur since the beginning of my career, working for multiple companies, starting up multiple companies. And I have a master's degree with a focus on organizational behavior. So a number of the companies are in learning or in a learning environment. In the past, I was president CEO from 1991 until 2012 of a company called HHA Services, which worked with medical facilities throughout the United States, providing service management and employees for service departments such as housekeeping, laundry, linen, Transportation, food services, construction, so on and so forth. And we grew that company to, we managed just over 5,000 employees in about 22 states. So we grew that company over the years and I sold that company in 2012. And we started our journey in deeper learning with Elm. We bought Elm, my son and I, who are partners, as well as started up several other companies in the learning industry that I work with.
0: Awesome. That's great. And it's great to know that we are getting to actually go ahead and host you, who is a part of education, because we get to know so much from you. So thank you for that. And going ahead, I want to also understand what's that one tool that you, no matter what project you are in, you would definitely want to use.
1: So it's, it's, you know, we have a mixture of a lot of tools that we use for production, but for, you know, for my use, my one goal or my one tool that I use is uh, Google Docs. I store a lot of information in Google Docs and then use that to keep track of data, keep track of information on a regular basis. So if I had to list a go-to tool, I think that, you know, everybody uses it would be Google Docs.
0: Google Docs. I think you're right. Yeah. Google Docs is something which can be used in almost every field. I think think being here as hosting you as a podcast, I think I also use a lot of good docs. So that's a go-to tool for sure. Yes. Also, is there any current
1: issue that you're currently working on resolving? So we do a lot of, you know, within our own company, we monitor the hiring process very, very closely. Uh, and I work with a company that I also own called Positive Leader. And I'm currently working on automating a an assessment tool for personalities that I've had since 2007. So I'm currently working right now on updating and automating that for use on hiring processes, matching people up with the right organizations and within our own organization. So that's taken up a lot of my time
0: Wow, but that's such a great thing. This is something where people invest a lot of time, probably they can use the same time on something else and once it is automated so this is brilliant. Do you think they already have such tools in the market? I think they already have such tools, right?
1: They do and I've used the tools in the past. In fact, I've worked with the universities in the past since 1999. Different universities and different companies and we formed Positive Leader in 2007 because I wasn't satisfied with the tools that were provided. They weren't very specific to actually respond to positivity so we call it the path positive assessment tool so for me it's more if I wanted something custom that I could use that would directly measure and not have it be extremely long but yet be very accurate so working with a number of professors over the since 2012 and we've had it in operation since then with thousands of people having used it but it kind of provides uh, what we do is we go going into like within our organization we look at who is successful why are they successful what type of personalities and then we combine that so it's a little more personal than some of the -the out-of-the-box programs that are out there
0: right 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 got it thank you and because you are developing such tools and i'm sure must be working so many hours each day so what keeps you going what keeps you motivated
1: well yeah i have a pretty busy schedule because i have four or five companies that i have started up and, and that my team and use and i do a lot of real estate development here in Detroit for industrial sites and I actually have a video production company so there's a lot happening in my life when it comes to work but for me it's just the, the balance comes from I have three foundations that I work with one that I started up here in Detroit called the East Side Youth Sports Foundation to help kids who are disadvantaged to be able to play team sports and I coach hockey so I coach uh, amateur hockey for children 8 and under with a group and an association at the rink that the foundation owns and and we work a lot with inner city children and children of color to be able to come to play sports that they normally couldn't play, such as hockey. And then I belong to a couple of other foundations. I work with a foundation called the sering Fund, which is in Nepal, high altitude trekking. And I usually go for a month every year to visit the schools that are in the mountain areas and work with the fund, which is helping to stop sex trafficking in you know third world countries such as Nepal by providing education for girls. My wife and I wow. sponsor a number of girls. Mm-hmm. And then I get to meet with them. And then I also belong to another organization called Friends to Mankind, which is out of Canada and Malaysia, which is a organization that just works to provide a change in humanity in the way that we do things. So big reader, you know, I, I enjoy my tracks and my vacations. Uh, my wife and I walk a lot almost every night, four or five miles. And, you know, I have a lot of downtime as well as a lot of uptime. So being as, as my age, I've learned to not focus on my attention to have a stupid time like watching Netflix or Hulu or, you know, funny, funny shows or (laughs) shows.
0: That's so, so much. I think listening to you, I am inspired myself. You're doing so much, but just not one thing. Excellent. And I think our listeners will definitely get inspired. I'm sure half of them who are already will be listening by now. So moving on.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt, but the other thing is is within the last four years, three years, I've been working with a guru. So I been working with a person who from the DV Institute uh, who is a guru who works out of Malaysia works within India and Nepal and and throughout the world so he has also been helping me find more balance in my life I think that you know it's important for you to find out whatever it is that you can do in order to to create that balance
0: right so you think the people around you also motivate you and help you finding a way out or you think only you know you get to know things from reading book or any other materialistic
1: things? Well, I think when it comes to humanity and, you know, the things that I think are important to the foundations that I'm a part of, I get a lot of support from, you know, the people that are within those foundations and from right. reading different books about philosophy and about humanity and being involved with the DB Institute. I, I'm able to have a at my disposal, a catalog of books as well as a manual manuscripts as well as videos that provide me with more information as to how I can improve myself, which is super important. But right. when it comes to the industry itself, it's the people within the industry. It's I also get magazines from ATD, you know, the training mm-hmm. development, right. as well as belonging to share with for human resources. And I read a number of books that by Daniel Goldman on emotional intelligence. And I do a lot. I'm on quite a bit doing research with my fellow the professors that I work with at the different universities. So I kind of trade with them. I go out and I do lectures at universities at the master's programs. And I've done that okay. in three different countries. And then from them, I get access to their research on, right. you know, personalities, behaviors, and, and so on and so forth. So I'm a stealer. I will steal everything that I can from everybody.
0: That's great. That's super, Paul. So, so nice to hear all these things. I think I will try to implement and try to steal all the good things from people around and definitely reading books. Thank you for sharing this. Also, all very interestingly, I would love to understand just in case, let's say you have 10 times the budget you have right now, what would you love to spend it on?
1: So that's interesting. Uh-huh. Ten times the budget. I wrote it down and then I put a big question mark. What would I have <laughs> to spend? It? I think I, you know, first of all, I'm very fortunate to have the incredible team that I have that we have at Elm Learning. And, you know, they're just incredible people. So I think part of a large portion of that, I would like to be able to provide some type of a bonus programs or some type of pay that would provide for them to feel good about what they're doing. You know, our budgets are tight, right? Now, So 10 times would give me an opportunity to do more for the employees uh, within the organization. And, you know, when you've been around as long as, you know, I have and other people, you start to realize that your greatest asset is the people that work for you and really, you know, nothing else. I think so a portion would go there. A portion would go into trying to look at the new technologies that are out there, you know, maybe do some experimenting with VR and getting more involved with the VR process and seeing if that is something that can actually provide for better training. So probably, you know, innovation, spend some money on innovation without question. I think expansion, you know, I would have to add personnel to expand a little further or maybe just purchase another company within the industry or partner up with other companies within the industry to create a larger program that, you know, that can follow our philosophy. So I look at those main components. I think people first as my resources you know, I think technology and innovation most definitely, and then always expansion, you know, because if you don't grow, uh, you shrink and you die. So I think right. the logical point is those three things.
0: Awesome. Awesome to know. And what's your one message or one advice you want to give to younger generation who are starting their careers in your field of education?
1: So, you know, I think my message, you know, I get an opportunity to to do lectures for undergraduate programs at different universities and graduate programs, MBA programs at different universities. So it gives me an opportunity to be in front of the students. And, you know, I go in there and I try to explain the industry, the design, all the things that we do. And their first question is never about the industry itself or the advice that I would give about the industry. It's always about what made me so successful or what provided success to me. So I think I would turn around that question and say to them, you know, don't worry about the industry itself. I mean, if you're a great designer or you're a great project manager, you know, just know that that will be enough. Technically, always learn more. But soft skills are the single most important thing that can lead to success in the future. The ability to have compassion, the ability to have empathy, the ability to form relationships within the organization and outside the organization, you know, to find mentors that are worthy of being mentors and to gather around you a circle of... Of people that you know you can trust and will help advise you and move you through the industry, and to keep those relationships. You know, when I look back at my own career, yeah, I've had the same attorneys, the same CPAs, the same mentors, the same people that I follow, like Daniel Goldman and other people with emotional intelligence that I know will be there forever. I don't yeah. focus my attention on leaders of the industry because they come and go, but more or less the people that can provide. I also feel strongly that there should be relationship between academic and business. And, you know, CEOs should spend more time with the academic part whether through relationships with professors or through research. You know, they're at the cutting edge of what is happening but they're not, they can't share it unless we're willing to accept it. So I would advise them to form a relationship with a professor or a future professor and utilize those people for research and for information and share data back and forth so that right. future leaders will have that information.
0: That's a great advice. That's great advice, yeah. And I think this will be my favorite. I would definitely want to know, consider you're so occupied and you are doing so many things in almost so many industries so how are you balancing your life and work what's that mantra if you want to share that with us
1: so for me it's you know i'm 65 years old obviously i've made it this far um which is a good thing i think more than anything else you know you have to have downtime you know i know people talk about you know meditation i think that that could be an illusion i think Mm you know don't mind meditation is pretty hard to come by. I could sit for hours and actually get my mind to stop moving. And I don't want to make fun of it. I would never say, but for me, it's never been about that. It's been about being active in everything I do. So if I'm going to go for a walk, then I'm with my wife, then my focus is on the walk with my wife and not on my work. If I'm going to go trekking for 30 days or for 20 days and do high altitude mountains, then I am disconnecting from the world for those 30 days. And I'm spending time just sharpening my own saw you know, I'm fortunate because two, three days a week, I get to skate with little kids. And when you're on the ice with, you know, a hundred, you know, screaming five-year-old to eight-year-olds, you wow. can't really yeah. focus on a whole lot other than that. So I have just a lot, you know, when I, when I feel as though I need some more information, then, you know, I go online to the DV Institute, I download something about, you know, just humanity and what we can do to be better. And it takes me oh. away from my work. So I think if you can have different pods, I think a lot of people maybe that's the message a lot of people have two personal pod and they have their business work pod i have a lot of pods that i can go to so i have an opportunity to be able to you know draw on any one of those and then if i really want to get stupid and zone out i'll put on you know disney plus and i'll watch you know a marvel movie and pretend i'm a superhero or (laughs) or you do that I grew up on comic books. So I, I'm from the 60s generation. So, you know, back then, Stan Lee was just writing comic books and I was reading them all. So the fact that they're now on TV, yeah, of course, you can every Marvel movie, Spider-Man and everything else and DC Comics that I possibly can. So, wow. and that takes me away, you know, like Lord of the Rings or just something stupid. Maybe it's not, I shouldn't say stupid, something that has nothing to do with my life, nor could it be truth at all, is a way of suspending... What is truth within me to provides me with that balance?
0: awesome awesome. <laughs> That's crazy. but I think yeah you sometimes you need that kind of a little break which has no meaning but that will distress you and you can fresh start your work again or yeah your project you're working on.
1: Yeah it's all about distraction and but it's healthy distraction. I you noticed I haven't said I'm gonna sit down with a bottle of tequila or anything. <laughs> Uh, You know, you have to be careful about your, you know, there's a difference between distraction and escape. I don't want to escape, which would take me into things that are not positively healthy for me or motivating to me. I want to distract myself with things that are happy or healthy, I should say, and provide a a positive relief instead of, you know, an escape. I think we get confused, you know, in mixing up escape with distraction. You know, I'm not into escaping.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. I think this, this sentence what he said is so heavy. It makes so much sense. There's a lot of difference, and I think we definitely get so many times confused and between these two things. But thank you for clarifying. Yeah, this will definitely help me, my listeners, everyone. I think there's so much to know more, but as we're running out of time, I have to end the session here. But Paul, if our listeners want to reach out to you, is LinkedIn the right place?
1: Yes, they can reach out to me either through Elm Learning. So it's paul.feyad at elmlearning.com or they can reach out to me at paul at positiveleader.com. So either way, yeah, I have no issue with folks reaching out to me. It might take me a, a little while to get back to them, but I always do respond.
0: Awesome. 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 Thank you for that. Thank you for your time, Paul. It was lovely talking to you.
1: All right. Take care.
0: All right. Goodbye.